Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to episode, we will look at the importance of resting in the Lord and contrast it with striving in your own flesh. What does God's creation teach us about the power of resting? And what does true resting in the Lord actually mean? And what would it look like in your own life? All nature naturally follows God's voice. We can learn about how to cooperate with God by watching how animals and the elements simply follow the designs and will of God. Let's begin by defining resting and striving. Resting in the Lord is a command, and all commands are for your best interest. In the New King James Version of Psalm 37.7, it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. The same verse in the Amplified Version says, Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him and entrust yourself to Him. Do not fret, whine, or agonize because of Him who prospers in His own way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. The word for rest in this verse is domin. It means to quiet your soul, silence yourself, to still your mind. Rest is not actually a state of inactivity, but rather surrendered activity. Resting implies trusting God to lead you with His power and energy. The Lord has given me some powerful pictures in nature to help us understand this notion of resting in Him and how it contrasts to striving in your own flesh. Striving is exerting energy from your flesh. The word zateo means to seek, demand, require. Resting is a relaxed action. Striving is a stressful action. When we rest in God, we allow Him to carry us along by the power of the Holy Spirit. Striving is held back by our physical limitations and strength. So let's look at a few lessons that we can learn from animals and nature. I was brushing my teeth the other day just listening to a Bible study commentator and he got my attention with a simple statistic about the Andean condor. The Andean condor is the world's heaviest soaring bird. A research study measuring the wing beats of nine Andean condors in the mountains of Patagonia revealed that they flapped their wings only 1% of the time and they soared 99% of the time. Researchers captured the condors and put sensors on their wings and tracked the birds for about 264 miles of flight. The sensors were designed to fall off on their own so the birds did not need to be recaptured. They observed that the condors could fly five hours over 100 miles without flapping their wings. These birds are the largest and heaviest soaring birds in the world, and their wingspan can extend 10 and a half feet long. Yet, they spend most of their time staying 100% inside the flow of the wind stream. I journaled with the Lord about this, and he directed me to look up the entire research that was referenced in the study 
And there were some incredible spiritual themes that we could pull from just this one bird. But the one that I'm going to talk about today is related to how they could rest 99% of the time and strive only 1% of the time. Our creative Lord decided to answer that question by having me feel what it feels like to be a condor soaring in the mountains of Patagonia. Our God certainly is creative, and when you ask him for a metaphor, he certainly can give you one. The most fascinating thing about that experience is that while the wind seems like an invisible yet powerful force to us, it did not appear to be invisible to the condors. I have no way of knowing if this experience was accurate to the truth of the creation of condors or just a creative teaching moment for me from the Lord, but I felt myself following the flow of the wind stream as a colored pathway or highway. I could see the hills and the valleys, the turns in advance, almost like driving on a well-marked road. I could soar with very little effort when I was inside the wind pattern. And as long as I was inside the color of the wind, I was moving quickly without effort, almost like standing on an airport motorized walkway. Going off that guide would likely have caused me to have to flap my wings and exert much more energy, but there was no desire or pull to do so. There was only the desire to stay inside the windstream. What an incredible experience. He also showed me how and caused me to notice food on the ground, even though I was flying thousands of feet above the ground. The Lord got my attention and caused me to notice something that would have caused a condor to say, hey, that's my dinner, and he didn't allow the animal to miss it. I asked the Lord what else he wanted me to understand about this bird and the lesson for me about the spiritual realm. And the Lord said, in order for the spirit part of you to be the strongest part of you, you must learn how to make me and the spiritual realm visible to you. See what I see and feel what I feel. Move when I say move. The more you abide in me, the more visible that invisible realm becomes to you. And like a condor who can see its food from 30,000 feet above the mountains, I will cause you to see, think, feel, and hear me so I can guide you day by day. Stay in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Striving in your own strength takes way more energy and leads to exhaustion and burnout. I will not lead you to your destined purpose unless you're inside the flow of my guidance. Another key lesson that the Lord taught me about was not getting ahead of God, or in other words, staying in the pace of what God wants to do in your life. Getting ahead of God and striving were major issues that the Lord needed to address with me, and I can remember precisely when and how I learned these lessons. Truth at Work is a national ministry that helps people learn how to surrender their business to God. I was at a point in my life where I felt I needed to focus my work on God completely, and at that time I had over 30 years experience as an organization development consultant for faith-based nonprofits. This meant that I helped teams and organizations plan for their futures with strategic planning, team development, training, facilitation, and coaching. 
at that time in my life, I didn't realize that God anoints all surrendered work to him and that I really had been working in a ministry all this time. You don't have to have a formal ministry to serve God. And when the opportunity for the regional director position for Truth at Work opened up for me in Ohio, I was sure that position was for me. After all, it was right up my skill set, and I knew exactly how I would do it. While that two-year season of my life did bring some blessings and learnings, it was hard work, and it did not come easy for me to enroll people to participate in it. I spent more time struggling to find people to join that service than I did in delivering it, and it was a painstakingly uphill battle. Ray Hilbert, the founder of Truth at Work, kept asking me, Are you absolutely sure that God directed you to this role? The question honestly offended me. After all, it was right up my skill set and I knew exactly how I would do it. But if I was honest with myself, I assumed the opportunity was mine and I really never asked God about it. Two years into the ministry, I was diagnosed with Lyme's disease. I talked to Ray Hilbert about wanting to take off six months for my healing season and he released me from the role. He felt like it wasn't for me, and he wanted to give me a way out. Immediately at the beginning of my healing time, away from work, the Lord gave me a download assignment to write clips that move mountains. And on some levels, it was easier to surrender to the Lord for this project because I had never written a book before. This book was an enhanced media book and would include film clips that I would write about as biblical metaphors for the discipleship journey to the abundant Christian life. I had been writing a film clip-based blog for my ministry business for some time now, but I had never seen a book with film clips in it before, and I assumed a lot of things that were not necessary that would cost me five months of delay and a lot of unnecessary work on that book. I assumed that because there were film clips in this book, I would need permission to use them. The Lord would inspire me to write something about a film clip, and then I would ask permission, and people would say no. The truth is, God never told me I needed to request permission. I was crying out to the Lord in frustration one day, and I heard him say, If I inspire you to write about a clip, write it. I never told you you needed permission. Just write the book. So I wrote the book. And the Lord directed me to send a draft of the book to the film clip companies represented in the book. He wanted me to make sure they understood this was not a permissions draft. It was an opportunity for them to partner with me on the project. So I sent the draft and I waited. A short time later, I received an envelope from the Universal Studios with a cease and desist threat. And I freaked out. I asked the Lord, What was I supposed to do about this? And he directed me to a Christian fair use lawyer. It turns out that there are five different ways media can be used without permission. Only one of the five areas would be required to earn permission-free status. My project hit all five. I never needed any permission. So my lawyer sent back a fair use law letter to Universal Studios, and I never heard from them again. My lessons in that season were, God knows everything and his timing is always perfect. Things are more of a struggle and take longer 
if I take matters into my own hands. Trusting God is the fastest way to accomplish anything He gives you to do. The quicker you learn how to rest and not strive, the more effectively you will accomplish the goals and the plans that God has for you. I asked the Lord at that time to show me the level of resting that He required. And this is the lesson from the river. The Lord showed me a rubber ducky in a creek. It was going along the stream, gently guided by the water. And then the flow of the river picked up and it was flying fast down the river. The Lord asked me, how much effort is the rubber ducky contributing to its journey? None, Lord, I answered. And he continued, by itself, it had no power without the forces of the river. The river represents the river of living water, which is the Holy Spirit's guidance in your heart. This is the level of trust and surrender that I desire for you. I navigate the waters, not you. I know you are concerned about the issues of your life. This is the lesson you must learn in all aspects of life. What you eat and drink, what you do, what you say, what you work on, your relationships. Don't be tempted to take matters into your own hands. If you want victory in all areas, you need to let me do the driving. There are missed blessings when you shut me out, even if unintentionally. But you don't get there by trying harder. You get there by letting go taking your hands off the wheel of your life and trusting me with it. I am the blanket that covers your whole life. It's not like departments where you have control of some and I have control of others. Control is a myth. I am in control of everything except your free will to cooperate with me. Releasing your notion of control is the secret to resting and not striving. Remember to let go, be still, cease striving, relax and know that I am God. Psalm 46.10. The more you know me, each characteristic of me, the easier it will be for you to live out of that verse. The next one is about the lessons we can learn from the wind and the waves. The Word of God said that Jesus was moved with compassion more than 15 times in the gospel. He was moved to heal, to save, to sacrifice himself, and all because of the powerful kingdom emotions of love and compassion. The Lord gave me a metaphor one day to help me understand this notion of striving and resting related to callings. I like to call it the wind and the waves. He said, Let's look at two different types of people, strivers and resters. Imagine that you are on the ocean with a sailboat. The land represents the physical world, and the ocean represents the spiritual world. The shore is where both worlds connect in service for alignment of an assignment in your calling. All your life, you thought that being passionate about something was important to life satisfaction, but that's not quite right. Passions are selfish motivations that originate with you. They are things you care about. They are what you want and what you want to do. Strivers begin with their boat on the land, with their passions, and they drag it out onto the ocean against the wind and the waves. With excessive effort, they try to accomplish wonderful things, but they keep getting pushed back by the wind and the waves. Surely the Lord will come alongside me, they think, 
because I'm doing this all for God. Burnout and discouragement follow and strivers begin to believe the lie that they will never accomplish much of anything in this life. Satan rubs his hands with glee when he sees well-meaning strivers because he knows they will not bear much fruit. Certainly not how much I planned for them to. You got me right in the gut with that one, Lord, I confessed. No wonder I had so much trouble with that roundtable ministry. It felt exactly like that. It was always such a struggle. I worked so hard and it just didn't work. I had such a strong passion to serve you in that ministry. It was perfectly in line with my gifts. For your sake and in your name, I tried and I tried and I tried. I worked and worked, and there was virtually no fruit. I remember praying, but I have so much passion for this God. You have gifted me in this area. I have so much experience doing this kind of thing. You know how badly I want to serve you with all my heart. Why isn't this working? Lord answered, you are wanting me to come alongside your plans. That's not how it works. My plans are always better than yours, and they are not your plans. You need to come alongside my plans, not the other way around. The Lord continued, Resters, on the other hand, begin way out in the ocean with their sails down, waiting and listening. There's always movement in the ocean, sometimes gentle, sometimes turbulent and powerful. The ocean represents the Holy Spirit. Resters tune into the movement of the ocean. They abide in the Holy Spirit, I offered. Yes, they learn to discern my heart and allow me to speak through the eyes of their heart by showing them dreams and visions. Then they listen with the ears of their heart and they hear my edifying, comforting, and shepherding voice. They tune into my mind as I share my unlimited wisdom. Resters agree with my will and they decide in their hearts to obey my perfect direction. So resters are tuned to the senses, all of the senses of the inner man, right? Precisely. Then when I have made the resters' heart ready, I blow. I pierce their hearts with something that's breaking mine, moving them by my compassion. My breath is the heart of compassion that connects the resters' heart and compels them to move into service. The wind of my breath fills the rester's sails, and the boat moves toward a swelling wave. The rester needs only to hang on to that sail and allow the wind and the waves to carry the boat all the way to shore, where my will intersects with the need I want the rester to fill in an anointed assignment. Ah, so that's what it must feel like to live out of Matthew 11, 28, and 30. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me do most of the work. Become a rester. I will move you to the shore, and then your job is simply to obey what I instruct. I will motivate your heart to act, and I'll show you exactly what and how to intervene to have the impact that I have planned. So that's what it looks like to live inside your will. It sounds a lot more satisfying than striving. Remember, the Lord summarized, 
If you are trying too hard and not bearing fruit, it is a sign that you're striving. If you notice me opening doors and making things happen easily for you, you're resting in me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 instructs, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Thank you, Lord, for the word that promises that I don't need to strive. Help us to learn how to abide and listen and wait for you to pierce our hearts with something that breaks yours. Help us to listen and allow you to move our hearts with compassion toward the shore for the impact that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. This is your first podcast experience with us. You may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. Our Jesus is a creative God, and he would like to show you something in nature that will help you understand how you can more naturally rest and not strive in your own strength. Allow him to take you on an adventure and show you what he wants to show you related to this in your specific. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. Well, I hope that was both fun and enlightening and that you will learn to trust how to allow the Lord to move you forward with his compassion by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.